Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to another episode of the Western Rookie Podcast. This is your host, Brian Krebs. Dan Matthews is not going to be here again this week. He is actually down in Texas right now. He is visiting Scout, their new yellow, I think it's technically a red lab. And Scout's been at training for a couple of weeks now, or maybe even a couple months now, down in Texas with Best Retrievers. And it sounds like Scout is doing phenomenal. Everything I've heard from Dan and Sam says the the trainers are happy with him. He's weeks ahead of the every other dog in his class. Sounds like they're going to have a really good dog. It looks like he's training for birds and sheds. Um, so super excited. Look for some scout content coming out of Dan and Sam from this week, and I'm sure they're really excited to get him back from training completely. But that being aside... It's April if you're listening to this. I recorded this on March 28th, and I just did my Colorado elk application today. And so we are going to southern Colorado if we get drawn. We did use Go Hunt to kind of find our unit and look at the draw odds. And it looks like we should have 100% chance of drawing this year. So our group should be in southern Colorado chasing bulls with bugles bugle tubes and bows and we should have a great time we're going to bring the podcast stuff out so we can do some podcasts from camp you can hear from some of the guys i hunt with which is it's a different group of guys than dan and you've seen dan uh, hunt with the last couple years in colorado so that should be fun for everyone that being aside super excited for today's episode because today weston MacArthur is going to call in from rise and shed now if you If you've done any kind of elk shed hunting or you've watched any type of western shed hunting videos on YouTube, you've surely seen Rise and Shed, Weston MacArthur's channel. The guy finds a ton of sheds. And I want to make an announcement before we kick this video off or this episode off because Weston reached out to me ahead of time and said, hey, just so you know, we're doing a all-expenses-paid shed hunt giveaway with Rise and Shed. So you're going to get a chance to go shed hunting with Weston himself, maybe a couple friends. And when it's all since paid, they're going to pay for your food, your gas to get out there. It's probably going to be a camping trip. It's going to be a great time. It looks like a weekend. They just had last month's shed hunt giveaway. Um, I don't know where they went, but I'm looking at the video right now. And it looks like uh, Mr. Cody Murray was the winner and ended up beating Weston and everyone else in the group with the most sheds and some nice browns. I'm looking at a couple six-point browns, a match set of browns. Looks like a great time. So to get entered, super simple. Go over to Rise and Shed's website. There'll be a link in the show notes. For every $10 you spend at riseandshed.com, you'll get an entry. Now, if you really want to win, Weston is giving 50 entries for all subscribers to his monthly t-shirt subscription service. So you sign up for the monthly t-shirt subscription. I think it's 28 bucks. He's got some super cool t-shirts. I'm looking at them right now. We have uh, some chuckers on a big giant muley shed in the grasslands. We have a pack out heavy shirt coming out with a 
ton of sheds on a backpack. I saw some, the American Eagle, instead of holding snakes in its claws, he's holding elk sheds. Lots of cool, 100% unique designs. So great shirts. Sign up for that service. You get 50 entries. I bet I bet the person that wins this shed giveaway is going to be a subscription person. So if you want to win, sign up for the subscription. And if you win, if you're selected, you're also going to get an awesome prize pack. A canvas cutter, bedroll, sheep feet, custom orthotics, an all-in company digiscoping system, Horn Hunters main beam pack and a bino harness, a Borderland Supply Trapper Pack, a Ridge Belts Duffel Bag, and a Last Light Power Bundle. Dude, this is an amazing pack. I'm looking at some of that stuff. I've been wanting to get a canvas cutter for a long time. I have an all-in adapter. I had Nathan from All-In on our other podcast, the Two Bucks Podcast, and um, Sheep Feed Orthotics. I've actually been looking at getting some of those for my Kenetrex just to make them even more comfortable. So this is a great prize pack. And that is why I wanted to let everyone know before we fire this episode off how to get entered, how to go win, and how to end up shed hunting with Weston MacArthur and Rise and Shed. How cool would that be? So good luck to everyone. I think I'm going to join. I don't know if I'll win or not, but it looks pretty cool. So there you have it. I see Weston just joined in the lobby, so we're going to get him in here and fire this episode off. You're listening to The Western Rookie, a hunting podcast full of tips, tricks, and strategies from seasoned Western hunters. There are plenty of opportunities out there. We just need to learn how to take on the challenges. Hunting is completely different up there. I've harvested 26 big game animals. You can fool their eyes, but you can't fool their nose. 300 yards back to the road turned into three miles back the other way. It's always cool seeing new hunters go and harvest an animal. I don't know what to expect. If there's anybody I want in the woods with me, it'll be you. All right, guys, like I said, we got a great guest today, Weston MacArthur from Rise and Shed. And we were just chatting a little bit here before we got going. And and you said that you had probably the most unique way I've ever heard of for finding sheds back when you were working um, your job before Rise and Shed. And tell the listeners how you guys were, were finding some of those sheds out in the Black Hills. Well, not necessarily the Black Hills, but when we were in Idaho one time, we were climbing up on the tower and we were in just, you know, straight deer country, a whole bunch of sage, yellow grass, and we were up in the tower, saw something white. And we're like, that can't be an antler, could it? And, you know, we were just going back and forth. Well, we went up the next day, brought some binos, and we actually checked it out. And it, sure enough, it was a shed. And no. so we went down, grabbed it and stuff. But we were like 250 feet in the air up on a cell phone tower and glassing down below us and yeah sure shit we found a shed that's awesome i don't know why i thought it was the black hills but yeah that is that's crazy so after that first one were you always tempted to just bring your binos up on like every cell tower in deer country after that oh absolutely and what's cool is actually some of my shed spots that i have now are from when i was working towers and we'd just be traveling a lot and seeing animals and stuff and i just kind of kept that in the back of my mind of where i saw animals uh, during the winter and stuff and then just happen to go back there and you know we find antlers out there <laughs> that is pretty sweet how were you able to like 
add like a day to any of your like work trips or like, hey, we were gonna we're going to Idaho from Monday through Friday, but I'm gonna stay on Saturday and, and walk some ground before we head back. No, so we, we, we never did that. Uh, but there were actually days where it was either too windy or the weather was awful. And my buddy Cameron is honestly the one that got me into shed hunting. Uh, I found my first one when I was like 11 or something like that. And we were out hunting deer uh, with my dad and stuff. And I actually didn't even know deer and elk and moose actually shed. I thought they just kept growing. And so when I found out on the ground, it kind of like blew my mind there for a second. And so, yeah, we were working towers and my buddy Cameron asked me, he's like, dude, you want to go find some sheds? I was like, like at home depot like what are you talking about bro like i didn't even really think about it and he's like no let's go find some antlers and we were in wyoming and we it was a short day super windy and so we decided just go hike right actually outside of our hotel uh just a couple miles down the road and we got out i found actually a small little four point still have it to this day maybe a hundred yards out of the truck. So I kind of lost my mind a little bit and then went like a hundred more yards. And there was a Brown mule deer set laying literally on top of each other. And from there I was hooked. And then I think we found like 36 sheds that day in like a four hour hike. It was nuts. Out of Back a in the golden days. Random hotel. Yeah, dude. Oh it, my it was crazy. Gosh. Right out of sight, right outside, uh, it was in between Buffalo and Gillette, Wyoming. And we just went and slayed it. And then we actually kept going back after, you know, we'd get done maybe an hour or two early and we'd hurry and hustle and go take a quick hike around the tower and stuff. And so, yeah, we found mule deer sheds, elk sheds and whitetail sheds all around the tower. Wow. That's incredible. I've thought of places like that. Cause I've driven that highway, that interstate, um, up into the bighorns and I've thought that this would be some good places to get some permission land um, oh yeah and that makes me wonder I'm very curious I'm, I'm almost hesitant to ask this because I'm worried the answer is going to make me like blow my mind but what's the most antlers you've found in a day 28 in a day and it's actually out of California out of all places went out there with a couple of my buddies from California and even on the drive out, bro, I was just like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever done. I'm driving to California to go pick up sheds. I'm like, this is so stupid. I'm not going to find anything. But I had seen a couple of their posts and they sent me pictures and like, yeah, dude, we have an awesome spot. You should come out. So I did made the trek out there and literally the first day found 28 sheds. And then the next day found 24 sheds. So went home with 52 sheds in two days. <laughs> I was like, this is insane. A shed a week average in two days. Wow. Is that all deer or were they like tule elk or? No, all deer. All deer. Every single one was okay. mule deer. Yep. That's incredible. And that was the thing too. Like between four of us, we picked up over, I don't, I can't remember. I don't want to make shit up, but I know it was over a hundred and like 30 antlers between four of us in two days. Well, you picked but up almost half that size. yourself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was a really good trip for me. But Not nothing with lie. five points. Dude, uh, not that I can remember, but just nothing with size. Oh, it was size. Just yeah. Everything, yeah, everything was in between like 50 and 60 inches, and that was about it. Maybe the biggest one was maybe 70-something inches, low 70s. Yeah. But just a lot of antler. You're lucky Dan's not here because you would have offended him with nothing of size and then said, yeah, they were only like 50, 60 inches because he's, he's just getting into <laughs> shed hunting, and I don't think he's found a 60-incher yet. 
Oh, gotcha. Well, whitetail's different though. Yeah, like true. with mule deer, like when you're finding 50, 60 inches of mule deer, it's just like, eh, it's a shed. And don't get me yeah. wrong, I love sheds. But when you get like 75 inches and above, that's when it's like, okay, all right, I, I, I can dig this. I like this antler, you know? Yeah. It's mostly my keeper pile. Like it, it's mostly 75 inches and above. Or if it has a little bit of character or if it's unique then it makes it into the keeper pile as well. How big is your keeper pile after, you know, you said five years doing this full time, I'm sure many years before that. Well, we started shed hunting like religiously, I would say in 2012. And so since then, dude, well, let's put it this way. I have a 10 by five storage unit and it's full. <laughs> really? <laughs> paying, like keeper sheds, dude, it's stupid. Paying rent on these things. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. So how many a year do you like, are you, I assume you're selling them, right? I mean, you find this many, you can't keep them all. Like you said, so are you selling them? Yeah. So I sell some, I have some that I make for dog chews on my website. And then I do have a very large keeper collection just because either it's unique or it's big or it's a certain memory tied to the antler or who I was with or how it happened. Like there's some stupid reasons why, why I keep sheds, but for the most part, it's just, I just love them. They're all unique. And it is even hard for me to sell them at times just because it's like, man, I'm never going to find something like that again, or that particular antler again. I don't know. It's kind of weird that way. Oh, I'm right there with you. There's, Probably, like I showed you, I think there's 140 whitetail sheds on this wall behind me in my office. I haven't sold a single antler. And I don't know if I could. I don't know. I mean, I'm not to the point yet where I need to because of the space. So I'm safe for a little bit here. Mm -hmm. But hopefully, you know, God willing, there comes a day where I'm going to have to be like, okay, what am I going to do with these? Because they're starting to get in the way. And I don't know if I could sell them, man. I feel like... You know, there's not there's not a lot of money in the whitetail shed game, really. I mean, you'd have to find so many no. to add the poundage to really like, you know, what are you gonna get? Maybe a tank of gas. Um, maybe I would just bring yeah, them to the I farm. Get you a little bit more than that. Well, pound it. I mean, so the Something. biggest shed on that wall barely cracks two pounds. I mean, these are hammer eight point sheds, but they just don't weigh. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. So you're right. They yeah, would add up. Dense. They would add up, but. I'm saying like oh, yeah. for for dude, for giving them chalk, away, yeah. Like my chalk pile of deer sheds one year, like I had over 600 pounds of chalk deer antler. It was stupid. And so, but and that's like it, what, that's a good grip to change. Like three, two, three, four bucks a pound for chalk. Uh, for deer, I think it was like a dollar fifty. Okay, but still, like that's bucks. just chalk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. So I was just like. All right. That goes, yeah, up, dude. I keep everything. You're right. That does go, that does get you, I mean, $1,000, that's like five, well, more than five, depending on what kind of vehicle. That's like seven tanks of gas. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it adds up. I feel so like maybe. Seven more trips to find more. Yeah. <laughs> Can you ever get it to, like, cash flow? Um, I haven't got that good at it. Let's put it that way. Dude, yeah. that's a lot of sheds. And, it is. I mean, For I a, still. It, Obviously, this is my full-time gig, but I still play dad, still play husband and all that stuff. And so I need to make sure I'm home, taking care of the family and doing all that. 
And plus I'm a one man show. Like I don't have a camera guy or an editor or anything. Yeah. I'm literally everything. Like I'm the editor, I'm the camera guy, I'm the marketing guy, I'm the everything. So it's yeah. a lot. Yeah, you can only be out so many days. And it's kind of like a even just going out more days might not help. It might even hurt if you're trying to like cash flow your gas with selling your 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 takeaway pile because if you're mm-hmm. not like getting in the zone, you're just adding gas and not paying for it. Exactly. So interesting, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'd bring before I got to that point, I would hope that the money just absolutely didn't matter. And I would just bring them out to the farm and maybe do like a boneyard out at our farm. Hell yeah. So that way I, I always know they're there. Like I've heard Ryan Carter talk about that with some of his bulls that he's found dead in Utah. And he's mm-hmm. worried like if he calls him in, the Utah game and fish will just take it, not give it to him. They're like, oh, yeah, thanks for letting mm-hmm. us know. We'll bring it back to headquarters. And so he just leaves him there. So he's like, I know where that bull is. I can go see him and visit him anytime. Yeah. So I don't know. It'd be a tough one. It really would be. Because you don't want to end up like that guy. You've seen that guy in Montana that has like an old barn shed full of antlers. It's like 19,000 Yeah, with like 70,000 antlers or something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you want to be that guy. I don't know. But then I guess at the end of the day, if you did want to do something with it that's you know for your family like just the whole thing boom there you go like go have some fun or something like that yeah i don't know true yeah that would be But i'd have a hard time just doing that and just be like yeah i saved them for this long see you later yeah now sell them yeah that would be tough yeah you'd have to like i would hope that the family would just you know keep it going keep it going preserve it or do something really cool like like a second set of arches in jackson Mm mm-hmm yeah. Do something cool. Like yeah. donated by the MacArthur family. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. And so this is like, I'm sure you've been out and you've been finding some, but we're really like on the front edge of your guys' Western shed season, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys are just getting into it. And I mean, plus here in Utah, there's a closure, dude. Yeah. So we oh can't even God. find sheds yet until May 1st. Hey. I mean, there's even can... surrounding states that have the closure, but. I've heard you can find them. You just can't pick them up. Uh, no, they were even saying that you can't look for them. Like yeah. It's illegal to look for them. I, but how do you Stupid. enforce that? <laughs> like, I'm out here you looking don't. for the yellow-chested the warbler, dude. Like, I'm not shedding. Exactly. Hunting. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> exactly. it is one of those rules where, like, I think at a base level, everyone knows that we don't want to be, like, killing elk or, or deer by pushing them. Like, nobody wants that. Nobody even if you're making money off of these antlers, you don't want that. But also at the same time, it's like how you make a rule, but how are we going to enforce it? And like what bothers me about a rule like that is like, I will follow the rule, but I know others won't. And that's what bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. I don't know. No. And that's kind of the game you play. Like, obviously it hurts the honest person, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, us, I guess, as influencers, as people like to call it, uh it definitely gives us more of a bad rap i feel and people assume that we're the ones out pushing the animals and doing all that stuff i'm gonna tell you right now my reputation is everything that i have that's the last thing i'm gonna be doing is pushing animals and getting in trouble yeah you know especially i feel that way for a lot of the people on here that are influencers on social media platforms and stuff it's like those are not going to be the people that are out doing dumb stuff are there a select few? Absolutely. But I feel for the majority, I feel we're 
trying to be the most respectful and trying to help these people know the guidelines and the rules and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. I think in all my travels, I've maybe come across one, one account where I was like, I just don't know if I'm vibing with this person's style, like ethics and morals. And, and, but one out of hundreds, every other person I interact with that's doing like full-time, even shed hunting specific, some of the nicest people I've ever met, like great friends all around. And so, absolutely. Yeah. No, I think it, I think you're right. You hit it on the nail. Like we're the ones that are really trying the best to preserve the resource and do it the right way. Cause it's like your livelihood. I mean, like mm-hmm. you, if elk die off, like you're going to be looking for another job, right? I mean, you got it. You, you're like yeah. very invested in keeping this herd healthy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is awesome. So what are some of your favorite states because you did mention you used to travel you did some stuff in idaho wyoming when you were working and then california you live in utah where if you could only pick one state and one species to find antlers for the rest of your life what would the what would the setup be Um, (laughs) just just a depressed thinking about it like i don't want to limit myself that's, that's hard yeah um it's hard to say but I mean, my favorite place to go ever is Nevada. But if I had to pick just one state, one species, it'd probably be New Mexico elk. Okay. Any reason? Just and like- I, dude, I honestly feel like that they don't have the numbers right in New Mexico because it's so thick and they hide so well and all that thick stuff. I don't feel they have a good grasp of how many elk are actually in the state of new mexico that could be just my own personal opinion you know obviously it is my own personal opinion but there are just so many places that i've been to in new mexico that not a lot of people have been and we have had some unreal trips like in one place in particular we pulled out like over 400 elk sheds in four trips oh my gosh yeah like it's stupid town We've just had really, really good luck in New Mexico. So I guess to answer that question, New Mexico elk. Well, that makes me feel really good because in exactly two days, sorry, two weeks, I'm going to be heading to Kansas City. I'm going to pick up a buddy. We're going to head out to Durango, meet up with uh, Stephen Walker. I don't know if you've met Stephen Walker. Um, Mm -hmm. He was a podcast guest, finds a lot of antlers. Um, And we're going to New Mexico for two days. We're gonna oh, yeah. we're gonna walk and then we're gonna go to Arizona for two days and meet up with another person um, that Steven's friends with and we're gonna walk Arizona for two days. So, Hell yeah! So when you said New Mexico See, elk, just, I'm like, hey, we're on to something. Yeah, uh, I actually just got back uh, this past weekend from New Mexico. And oh, and the weekend before that was Arizona. I saw <laughs> your I saw I saw a story. Obviously, I don't know when you took the picture, but it was a stack of like four or five Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I was, was like, this past weekend. It's I'm I'm just sitting here like it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Yep. Yeah, that's exciting. See, and we we saw quite a few shed bulls, but then there were still a ton still packing. So I think you guys are gonna hit it just money time. Yeah, I mean those more mature bulls have definitely dropped, but a very like a good handful of like 300 class bulls are still packing. Dude, I. I, I have found, I don't know if you saw it, I have two elk sheds. They're both hard white. I did see that one. It's yep. a five-point raghorn. 
Um, I found them both archery elk hunting in the fall. So I've never really found an elk shed, like, intending for sheds. And I've never found a brown mm-hmm. elk. I've never found, like, a good mule deer either. I've found a couple fresh sets in South Dakota, but all, like, two-year-old or one-year-old. So my only gotcha. goal is for the whole trip. No rattlesnake encounters with the dog. I don't think you will. Well, that's good. He is a shed dog, so he's going to be out there quartering and casting and, and picking up sheds. He's picked up almost every one of these whitetail sheds. That's awesome. I usually find them first because just, the, like, open country, like, I can see them farther away. So yeah. no rattlesnakes would be great. And then a brown elk and a brown deer. Like, if it was a four-point yeah, brown yeah. and a six-point brown, trip's made. Like, I would be so happy. Hell, yeah. Th- that's very attainable. You can definitely do that. Yeah. I don't want to set the bar too high. Like, I don't – I'm not out here looking for 52 in two days. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I'm a little bit worried that my pack isn't the best pack for shed hunting. It's a Mystery Ranch Metcalf, so it, it can do it. But As it, long as it has a frame, you'll be all right. It doesn't have a – it has – what is it? Like, carbon fiber rods with a – it's got, like, a soft canvas shelf that, like – so like the the bag bumps out and you would put the quarter like in between your your uh, carbon rubber uh, carbon fiber rods and then your bag and then it like squishes it in, um, and it's yeah. got a weight like It'd a waist right. belt yeah. I don't I've seen some pictures or some videos of some dudes carrying some loads out and I'm like eh, I don't think this pack's meant for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's the twenty just elk shed pack yeah. It could do the weight <laughs> I just think it's not like made to like stack them in there like that. I think you would want more of like an open frame and just like stack them left sides, right sides, tape them up and then Mm -hmm. tie them in. But we'll see. Well, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Yep. There you go. But the order, what I wanted is, was that? Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to ask you, like, are you guys going to more steep country or just more flat? Do you know? I was told a little of everything. I was told we're going to be in some sage country in New Mexico, but then when we get to Arizona, it could be like really anything. Um, Gotcha. Yeah. All I'm going to say is bring your binos and glass your ass off. Yeah, that's what Steven said. He just, he found a match set today through his binos um, and he sent us a picture of Mm -hmm. them. It was, I don't know how far out it was. It looked like a long ways, but so I've got binos. Um, We were also wondering about, do you guys, how often do you guys pull out a spotter? Depends on the country. Uh, in some spots, I bring a spotter everywhere I go, but then there's other spots that you you don't necessarily need them. Like this past weekend, we didn't need it in the country that we were hiking in. It's just way too thick and not really any high points to really glass to use yeah. a spotter in that way. I was thinking it'd probably be worth bringing it out there at least and then just see if you need it. Especially if there's like a great yep. spot to like That's park the do. truck, run out a half mile, sit on a knob, glass like the entire country, and then put it away and start walking. Yep. Yeah. That's yep. what I was thinking. Or if you see animals or something like that, hurry and bust out the spotter, throw the all in system on it and film. Yeah, That's dude, I had all in. Get this chance encounter. I started my other entrepreneur podcast, the Two Bucks Podcast. For anyone listening, head over there. Guess number two, I reached out to the spotting scope company on I saw on TikTok. I actually saw uh, Ben and Eric doing a video with it. 
And I'm like, oh, that looks mm-hmm. like a cool invention. I'll have him on. And sure enough, it's all in. I had Nate on the podcast, like one of the greatest people. Oh, that's awesome. Super connected. Right as soon as the show ended, he like put me and Ben in a group chat. He's like, Ben, you need to get on a podcast with this guy. It's great. You know, he wants to hear your story about like punching out for the last time. And and so then I ordered the oh, system yeah. and everything. Yeah, it's the it's hands down the best spotting scope accessory I've ever bought. <laughs> Absolutely. So 100% agree. Yeah, love that thing. I brought it into my like deer stand, like my whitetail deer stand this fall, and I was filming whitetails with it. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so I'm super excited. No, I'm super Nate's excited. A good dude. Yeah, I'm gonna bring bringing hell that yeah. out. We got our GoPros. I'm not doing like I don't really do a YouTube channel, but I do want to start gaining experience because I think that's gonna be something I'm going to want to do one day. So absolutely, and you put all this podcast stuff on a YouTube channel, and you can film it and. You know, you get all that content too. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing shorts on YouTube, um, from the podcasts and stuff. So that's been fun. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm so, I'm so jacked. I've, I've done all kinds of whitetail shed hunts and I've tried to do a couple elk. I had a once in a lifetime tag in New, uh, North Dakota. I, I don't know if you could see that down there, but, um, oh yeah. Yeah. That looks like a stellar bull, bro. Dude, it's, he's a big, he's 354. Oh, that's a stud. Yeah. Yeah, he's a big he's a big one. He's in the That's awesome. if you if that door was open, he's like down the hall in the living room and he's you know the window, like when you're trying to tell people like how to call archery elk and you're talking about this window and they just like are like mm-hmm. right over their head. It's a perfect example. <laughs> yeah. He's just peeking his head into this hallway window the way I have him mounted nice. on a pedestal. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah, and then I was like, man, there's giant bulls in this unit. I just shot one last fall. Let's come out in the spring and try to find some giant elk sheds. We walked 30 miles and found one chalker mule deer fork. <laughs> that usually happens. Yeah. yeah that'll happen for so, sure. So I gave up on that spot, didn't give up on elk sheds. So I'm super excited for this trip coming up. Me and the co-host that's not here tonight are going to both be out there. That's the buddy I'm picking up in KC. And so nice. we're camping. Um, we're going to do, I think we're going to do base camp, not spike camp. Mm-hmm. That's how we usually do it. Just park the trucks and basically hike from the trucks. Or if you need to drive around a couple of little places, do it that way. But for the most part, that's how we do our shed hunts is base camp is just at the trucks. Okay. Cause I was worried. Cause I've been seeing, I'm sure you've seen like Eric or Eric Chester's videos. It seems like lately his favorite trick is to like, spike in like backcountry yeah and he's pulling a lot of sheds and i'm like i'm not set up for that i don't know hopefully that's not what you have to do to find sheds no absolutely not eric's just a machine yeah he's an animal i've been on a couple of those backpack uh country trips with him and yeah he's an animal so i gotta ask you what is it about tuna packets that every shed hunters just ate up with because everybody i talked to is like well, I just do tuna packets for lunch. And I first saw it on Eric's channel, and I'm like, okay, that's just Eric. Like, he's obviously, like, a gym junkie as well, works out. Like, I'm sure that's just part of his meal plan. Now everyone I talk to is doing tuna packets. I am not that person. Okay. <laughs> I hate tuna fish, dude. Me too. Yeah, I, I hate it. I can't uh, stand uh, tuna. That's not going to my pack. <laughs> I don't like the smell of it. It's just not happening. It's not going to my pack. I'm all about the pop tarts and just the fat kid snacks. Fat kid snacks. That's what I'm about. Yeah. Fat kid snacks. Yeah. Cause like Steven was like the guy we're going with, he's like, yeah, we usually wake up, make a breakfast. And then I don't know. I just don't eat lunch. And then we'll have like a good dinner. 
And I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. my body's not made to do 15 miles and not eat lunch. Like, I'm a big dude. <laughs> You'll be all right. <laughs> I'll, well, I elk on. We archery elk on every year. Like, I know what I need, and I'm saying it's not nothing. I'm going to be making sandwiches and putting them in the pack. Oh, yeah. I'm going to eat Well, just bring some summer sausage, some cheese and crackers. You can munch on that all day. Oh, just dude, I'm a full bag. sandwich, man. Full sandwich. Yeah absolutely there you go i Just used make it to, the night before be yeah. prepared yeah oh yeah <laughs> i like food i'm a big kid i'm like six two two eighty. oh that, damn that yeah. kind of goes to the gym like I, I go to the gym a lot i don't necessarily look like i go to the gym a lot <laughs> <laughs> it's so. because you're eating habits that you go to the gym <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty much I, the only reason That's i go to the I gym am. is because i archery elk hunt every year fair enough that's the only reason that's a good excuse so but yeah so i'm like i'm gonna be eating lunch steve and i'm not doing no i'm not doing the tuna fish packets you talked about and i'm not doing no lunch so i was just but do you know is it just me or do a lot of western shed hunters do the tuna packet thing no they definitely do because i even have friends that do the tuna fish stuff and every time they pull it out you want some absolutely not i don't that's so gross to me i have to feel like or even it's the oysters, dude. Like what? they love the oysters out here and stuff too. Oh yeah, absolutely. The How? little kipper snacks and all that stuff, dude. They just open it up, knife, boom. Done. You guys are like the farthest away from the oysters. How do you, <laughs> dude? I don't know. I don't do it, but I see all my other friends do it. Okay, so if I think when we when we ever hook up on a shed hunt, you and I will have like our own snack system. Like it, we'll be like Fair trading enough. like good snacks, like jerky and <laughs> snack sticks and summer sausage. And you guys can go have your tuna, man. I'm I'm not having. I'm that. I'm down with that. That's I re- all right. I really do feel like like Eric because he was on the earlier side of like outdoor YouTube. Or, like, some other mm-hmm. influencer had to be, like, the source of all these people doing the tuna fish packets. Yeah, I'd, I'd feel that. And I'm, I'm sure pretty much Brady Miller with the Go Hunt, I'm pretty sure he does some tuna fish and stuff like that, too. Yeah. Unless like there's, like, science. To be light all the time. Yeah. Unless something like that. <laughs> Must be. I don't I'm, – I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. I'm with you 100%. So, so – it sounds like you're doing base camps just like us. We're going to have a wall tent. I'm bringing the Blackstone. I mean, we're going to – it's going to be like bougie camping. We're going to glamp for oh, yeah. the, lack of a better yeah. word. Um, bring in, I'm going to smoke There's a – There's nothing por- wrong with that. I'm going to smoke a pork butt before we head out and shred it and have like smoked pork barbecues. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to eat good. Uh, we got a shed dog. I'm a little – he my dog Grizz was trained on elk sheds and mule deer sheds originally, but have not found any in the wild. Oh, and really? he's five years old. So I'm really curious to see what he does because he's, he's both sight trained and scent trained. And I watched him pick actually um, this one here. He picked this one out of a snowbank earlier this year. Like it was ninety percent covered. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's he, a tank. He must have smelled it. I think the webcam's making it look a little bigger it's than like it big is from my end. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sixty-three inch whitetail. That's a stud. Yeah. So I'm really curious because obviously elk have way more scent than a whitetail. So I'm kind of curious how he does on like a fresh elk shed. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm sure. He's For big sure. enough to pull, to carry him back. I mean, he's like a ninety that was pound. Gonna be my, that was going to be my next question: is if he can actually handle the weight and carrying it back to you. 
Does he like alert you and let you know? No, he just picks him up. When he's found him? Oh, really? Yeah, he's trained to just pick him up and bring him back at any time. Gotcha. So he'll be running around, be like, stop on a dime, spin around, pick it up, run back to me. Sometimes he dilly dallies. But, yeah, he's like a long, lanky lab. So he's like 90 pounds. He's a big bone one, but he's not fat. He will will be tired by the end of our trip. He will probably, like the last Mm -hmm. day I might not bring him. Um, But I have some sore paws out there. Yeah, well, dude, it's not that much better up here, like, because we get ice, and so he's breaking through ice for like six miles, like snow, ice on top well, of the snow. I'm talking about the lava rock. Oh, I'm thinking lava rock and stuff. Depending yeah. on where you guys are, he might just have some sore paws after hiking just with that stuff. For how hot it is? No, like just scratching up his paws. Okay, well, like I do. I that's a good point. And... I'll bring his. I have boots for him, and I'll bring those boots. For oh, him. there you go. Yeah, done. Cause, yeah. cause he, he used to cut his paws so bad on like ice. Like he breaks through mm-hmm. the ice crust layer and just time out, he'll just rip his paws up that way. So, yeah, we'll see. Yep. I mean, I might not shed on him every day, but I'm very interested. He's, I think if he learns to pick him up in the middle, he'll do okay. If he tries to like pick up the fifth and it, that ain't going to go very well. <laughs> no, dragging that is going to be rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I want to keep an eye on them, too, though, just because, like, we're in a new country. I don't want to let them run quite as far as I do up here. I'd be careful with javelinas with them. Javelinas? Man, you guys got all mm-hmm. kinds of shit to worry about. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's some. And cactus. Like, dude, Arizona is the worst place as far as things that want to kill you and grab you and poke you and stab you. Arizona's the worst. Yeah, I don't know. We had them in the Badlands in North Dakota, and they had cactuses up there. Um, gotcha. And so I don't know how you'll do with cactuses, to be honest. I'll have to keep a close I'm eye. I'm sure on he'll them. get a couple. Yeah, he'll get a couple, but he, he'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, other people bring dogs out, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I just don't want to like. <laughs> I don't want to go with a dog and then come home without a dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> Try and it's like rattlesnakes, <laughs> no, javelina. What do the javelinas do to a dog? Oh, dude, they just have those tusks on the side of their mouth, and they're just razor sharp, and it'll mess a dog up. It'll mess anything up, really. Are they aggressive? For sure. Uh, So every time I've been around a javelina, it hasn't been really aggressive, except for one time, and this was the past year. Well, just in January, I was filming Hunt Wars in Mexico, and I was literally taking a shit, and one charged me as I was doing my business. What? Yeah. Yeah, it was wild. No way. Havelina charged you in the middle yeah, of dude. number two. Yeah. So I'm literally squatting and I'm hearing, you know, this noise coming up at me. And I'm just like, I was kind of getting scared though, too, because of pants down, no weapon or anything like that. And just all of a sudden it like appears out of the brush. And I just went, hey, get out of here. And he literally shot right at me. And dude, like within this close to me, just ran right by my leg. I bet that if helped. He would have tagged me with one of his tusks. Oh, dude, it would have opened me right up. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't know, man. Now I'm wondering if I need to like bring my <laughs> sidearm with me out there. I would a hundred percent. And plus bears and stuff. Yeah. Well, Depending I'm... on where you go in New Mexico, we see a lot of bears. Oh, interesting. I'm definitely bringing the sidearm after all this stuff. Rattlesnakes, javelinas, yeah. bears. <laughs> I'm gonna have to bring the I'm well, gonna have to bring the ten mil just... instead. <laughs> I'm just saying I usually pack heat just for 
you know, some crazies, some people. Yeah. Like, I'm not really that scared of animals or anything like that. It's just if some people want to get weird, that's the only reason why I like to have it. Oh, I will sink a full clip into a rattlesnake. <laughs> I am not about those danger noodles. Yeah. No, they're they're not fun. So, well, I'm still excited. I'm still super excited. Hopefully no, the Havelinas take one look at Grizz and be like, I don't want to mess with that thing. That's a wolf. Hopefully, and I hope he doesn't run after them, though, too. He'd probably just time. look at me like, where did you bring me? <laughs> well, and I don't want to discourage you. It's yeah. a blast out there. I just wanted you to be prepared and know what you're walking into, though, at the same time. Yeah, no, that's for sure. I mean, I've been asking all kinds of questions, like, what do I need to bring? I want to make it a thing. I want to make it a reoccurring thing to go out west and do, like, a one western shed hunt a year. I know it's like, you know, I don't gonna move to utah just for shed hunting and especially since my my wife's a a pharmacist here at the hospital so if i can just get out west for like one week a year and just you know be out there like you know i you probably don't know how it is because you live there you're used to it you're acclimated but when you're a flatlander just being in the mountains there's just something about it Mm -hmm. well i actually sold direct tv back in the day uh in in i mean in illinois uh arkansas missouri so i was back there and dude i would get lost back there because the mountains you can actually tell your direction everything out there was just so thick and green and no mountains or whatsoever i couldn't tell really which way i was going if the sun wasn't you know setting or coming up i had no idea where i was and so yes i know kind of what that feels like because i did miss the mountains a lot yeah, yeah, there's just something about it. Like, even if we go out there once a year and we don't even find that many sheds, it's still worth it just to be out there and hike in. Um, mm-hmm. And so I want to do it every year. I have a pretty strong option for next year. I recently found out I have a long-lost cousin that's an outfitter in Montana, and he's, like, the exact same oh, really? age as me and loves shed hunting. And so I'm like, hey, Branson, let's, like, meet up and do a shed hunt next year together. <laughs> so I had him on Absolutely. the podcast. Great guy. But, yeah, it's like. Those are the kind of long lost cousins you want to find. Oh, absolutely. So, so yeah. Well, shit, dude, you can hit me up and I can take you out too. That's yeah. easy. Well, I heard you're. I think I think it's you. I don't want to. I don't want to look stupid if it's wrong. But I have some friends, Tyler and Jenny Besser, from Behind the Blind TV, and I dude, th- I wanted to ask you about that. Okay, I seriously did. They're coming out next week uh, to Wyoming with me. Really? So yeah. did you? How did you know that I knew them? Uh, no, because you said you were from Minnesota. And so I was like, Oh, Tyler and Jenny are from Minnesota. I wonder if he knows behind the blind. Well, there's a little, there's a couple more people here in Minnesota than there is in, in Wyoming, just so you know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I do know those two, but I don't know everyone. Um, yeah, yeah, Uh, I had them on my first podcast. They're coming on actually this podcast soon to talk about archery antelope. We had somebody write in that wanted to hear more about archery antelope. Um, oh, that's awesome. So I'm trying to find someone that's not just like, oh, I'll tell you about our antelope. Get yourself a blind and you sit in it all day long, every day, until you shoot one. Because that's like kind of boring. So No, I get you. Tyler and Jenny do like, I think, more spot and stock, which is going to be exciting to talk about. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. So yeah. yeah. No, and I actually met them at uh, the Total Archery Challenge. That's how I met them. Which one? Bozeman? And then we just cut uh, Montana, yeah. Yeah, nice. I need to get out to those. I need to get to more of those events because you meet, like, everyone that you want to meet. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. It's good to just network and socialize with like-minded people. It's, it's a good time out there. Yeah. Well, you guys go beat it up in Wyoming. I've actually found a fair amount of sheds in Wyoming doing antelope hunts. Um, oh, hell yeah. I stepped on what would have been my first and only four point mule deer shed as I was trying to climb up out of this cut and guide my nephew. He is 12 on his first mule deer. He had shot it, wounded it. I could tell it wasn't the greatest shot. We were going to have to do some work. And so I'm like working on trying to get up and over and cut him off as he's limping away. And I just take off up this cut. Like, yep, we can make it. Start crawling up it. And my nephew goes, oh, hey, look. And he pulls a four-point mule deer shed out of my boot track. Fresh, too, brown. Awesome. Yeah, I was like, sweet. <laughs> nice. That's, that's perfect. Of course, you found <laughs> my dream shed. As I'm trying to find well, Did he get deer. the buck, though? Yeah, so we did. We cut him off. It's snowing, like fogging, storms rolling in. It's October, right? Kind of blizzardy fog conditions. His scope's fogging up. I'm wiping it off for him, helping him. He's signing it up. Yeah, I got him. I think I'm on him. Okay, shoot him. Boom. Second shot drills him. Uh, I think he did a third shot, too, because he's trying to stand up again. Drilled him again, put him down. Um, I don't know what happened on the first shot. The, the deer, I think, was like dropped to like take a leak. And then he shot, like, just bad timing and kind of messed it gotcha. up. Or, or no, it was the other way. It was taking a leak, and he's like, can I shoot it? And I'm like, I would wait until he stands up. And I think his gun just kind of surprised him as he was, like, on it. And he hit him in the mm -hmm. leg or something. But, yeah, we got him. We got his first deer. Get this. So the kid was yeah. beanstalk skinny. Like, you know that some 13-year-old boys just have, they're just skin and bones? Oh, yeah. He's one of them. He was, like, short. Like, they're not tall yet. I don't know. I'm bad at judging because I've been 6'2 for a while. He's probably, like, 5'2 at the time. 5'2, 100 pounds. He packed out half of his mule deer buck, like, the head, one rear, one front, and the, the shoulder in a school bag. He didn't even have, like, a real pack. He had a school bag. <laughs> he had no hip. He had, I don't think he had any hip belt. And he, I was like, he's like, I'm like, how much of this do you want to carry? And he goes, well, I'll do my half. And so we loaded him up with half. I think I took the head. But, yeah, and he just marched it right back to the truck a straight mile. We got back to the truck in, like, 14 minutes. Hell, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> a little, just a little athlete. He earned it. Yeah. Yeah, I Just like a it. little athlete. So that was pretty cool to see, like, him just put it on a book bag and just start huffing it. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's been, that's been fun. So um, I got to ask you, though, so you're doing this full time, but shed season really, I mean – you guys get kind of a later start with your snowpack and some of the closures, but are you pretty much wrapped up in June? You know, you're not shed hunting still in July, are you? No, I, I actually, I'll still do some trips in June, but yeah, July, it's more like fishing and I do some shore fishing. I'm that guy. Okay. And then, uh, yeah. And then once August comes around, it's, you know, scouting and getting ready to, find some mule deer and elk and whatever we're hunting that year. But yeah, for the most part, it kind of just wraps up at the end of May. Okay. So end of May. So then that was my next question is what are you doing to fulfill your, like your full-time job through the summer and the fall and the winter when, because it's, it's rise and shed, right? So it's obviously very centered on the yeah. shed hunting side of it. I assume everything else just kind of falls under that same umbrella. Absolutely. And so I have a lot of different eggs in different baskets. So I have my website, obviously, uh, sell my merch there, shirts, hats, belts, dog shoes, stickers, the whole shebang. 
And then I have my social media platforms that I earn some money off of. Um, and then I actually build and repair antlers. Uh, if you, you know, have cracked, crappy, chalky antlers, I can bring them back to life and make them look nice again. And then I also do some, I guess, freelance work. I also work with Hunt Wars. Uh, they, you know, pay me to go film and edit and stuff for them. And then I've just, you know, taken odd jobs from other people like that want some photos done or some other film work or, you know, whatever I can, you know, do to make a buck. I'm usually all about it, but it's mostly been outdoor type stuff, especially the last two years, I'd say. I haven't really done anything outside of the outdoor industry besides, you know, what I'm doing now for the last two years. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Like, good for you. That's, I think, a lot of our dreams is to is to kind of just hustle and grind, but in the outdoor space and like, yeah, we got paid to do this promo and I'm doing this, I got this brand deal. And yeah, mm-hmm. I think that would be a lot of people's dreams, really. I mean, are you... In, in your peak seasons, right, probably like shed seasons, probably is it shed season, mm-hmm. the peak season, how many videos per yeah, week, you know, would that look like for you? Is it like one a week or are you doing more? So as of right now, it's only one a week. Uh, like I said, we had the closure and stuff. And so I've only honestly been out on three different trips. And right now I'm actually editing our third trip, which was actually my shed hunt giveaway trip. And so, yeah, it's been a little slow right now, but dude, so, as soon as May hits, it's going to be redonkulous. My month of May is going to be so busy traveling and shed hunting. It's stupid. Like I'm going to be traveling from Utah to Nevada to Colorado to Wyoming, probably back down to Arizona and New Mexico. Like, dude, it's, it's going to be stupid come May. Yeah. And so I'll have a lot more content then and whatnot. That's awesome, dude. I'm excited for it. Um, I was talking to Tyler about it and I, I was, he's like, yeah, we're going out with Wes. And I was like, I thought, it, I thought Wyoming was closed until May 1st. You better ask him about that. And he's like, I don't know. He's told me we could come. And I'm like, well, I know for sure Jackson hole does the whole closure and the boy scout thing. And then the mm-hmm. rally. And I'm like, man, I thought the rest of the state too, but maybe I was just looking at certain like wintering zones, like winter ranges. Yeah, so it's split in half. The eastern side of the state is actually open to shed hunting. And so the more popular spots, which are, yeah. And then uh, the more popular spots like Jackson Hole and stuff like that on the western side, that's all closed down. Until the date. Until May 1st. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that would be, that's pretty cool. Um, And so have you ever hunted the Jackson Hole hunt? I have never done that. And honestly, that doesn't even like pique my interest to go run after sheds and have a, you know, just a battle between hundreds of thousands of people. Like, it's just not my thing. I just, I I never have any interest in going running after sheds. It just, I like to take my time. I like to honestly just be out there by myself and, or with my crew that came out with us. And I just love my time out there. Like that's, you know, like, my therapy, you know, is shed hunting. I don't like to have competition or anything like that. And I don't feel it's a competition and I've never felt like anybody in this outdoor space is competition. Like we're all just out here doing what we love and enjoying God's country and stuff. And so, yeah, Jackson doesn't even appeal to me whatsoever. Yeah, dude, I'm right there with you, man. I don't like running at all. Um, much less (laughs) against somebody else that's probably in better shape. 
I mean, I tell everyone that I hunt with, if you see me running, there's either gold or grizzly bears, and you don't want to wait to find out which. Just follow. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I like it. And so um, I've never, I've like, what appeals to me about Jackson from a flatlander is like, I just want to find elk sheds. And everyone knows mm-hmm. there's elk sheds at Jackson. And so that part yeah. of it's like, oh, if I go there, like, at least I know I'm going to the right spot. But it's like, man, I'm going to be putting up against all these people with horses and outfitters that have been doing it for decades. And they know where to go. And they got all the, it's like, mm-hmm. I probably still wouldn't find an elk shed there. I'd probably be better off going and finding my own spot or calling up my buddy Wes and say, hey, I'll bring the food and the, and the griddle if we go together. Um, so. Fair enough. Yeah. I well, don't know if I Now wanna. Wyoming changed it. I don't know if you saw, but Wyoming changed it for next year. You have to wait seven days to even go into the state of Wyoming if you're a non-resident. I did see that. Um, yeah, the whole seven-day non-resident thing. and I don't know how I feel about all these different rules, and it's not even just shed hunting. Like Montana is doing the whole two points if you go with an outfitter, and, and my, I just saw Wyoming is raising their special tag drop prices to like $2,000 for an elk tag. and. Mm-hmm. Man, it just makes me feel like very queasy about the future of oh, Western hunting. You. you know what I mean? Especially I from a flatlander. Um, but I've been tossing around an idea in my head, and, and you can just like hang up if you think it's a bad idea. Um, but I've been wondering about uh, just like a, not a, a tag, but maybe just like a stamp to collect antlers. Just a little, like 30 bucks to at least like, so you're not doing like a non-consumptive use, like like the bird watchers. They hardly pay for anything, right? Like literally mm-hmm. almost nothing. Um, yeah, I get you. Bikers, hikers, like all these people can use our same resource in a way. They're not taking an elk off the landscape, but they're affecting the landscape without any. Like that's what I'm kind of thinking. Like I don't think I'd be opposed to that if if it would help mitigate some of this stuff, like the whole uh, Utah shed closure or the the Wyoming non-resident delay and all this like winter range protection and you know, whatever it is. It's like, I don't think I would be opposed to that. I don't think I'd be opposed to paying $30 per state to, to be able to go collect antlers. I wouldn't really want a bag limit, right. Or a, or a (laughs) possession Mm -hmm. limit, but I wouldn't be opposed. What do you think about an idea like that? I wouldn't be opposed to it. And obviously if it goes back to, you know, a good cause and helps conservation and stuff like that, I I'm all for it. But at the same time too, I would be pissed with a, a bag limit or something like that. Oh, like, yeah. I think that's, I think that would be bullshit. I am not down with that. Absolutely not. But yeah, to pay a, a little fee to go find sheds, I'm all about it. I'm, I'm okay with that. And even with these closures, I'm for the closures because in Northern Utah, dude, our herds are hurting so bad up there. Like deer and elk are dying just right off the road because they have nowhere to feed and stuff. And so I'm okay with shed closures, but it also has to make sense though, too. And I feel like with especially Utah that they're saying even on private land, you cannot pick up shed and you can't, I I, I just, I can't fathom like telling somebody that they can't pick up an antler off their own property and telling them what they can do on their own property. I don't feel right about that. Oh, no. At all. No, man, but, that is destined for legal battle. It, see, and I don't even know how that would hold up in court, though, either. Like, if somebody... Right, if got, I was a rancher and a bull dropped on my farm, and it's like, it's my ranch, I know if that bull's there or not. He's probably not. Like, he's he he dropped and he moved off. Like, he's not there anymore. 
I'm going to go over there and pick that up. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you say. It's my land. <laughs> as soon as that antler hit the ground, that's my antler. Yeah, that's how I feel about it anyway. And like I feel like there's going to be some rancher that's property. like, try me. Let's go. Like oh, I w- <laughs> absolutely. A hundred percent. And, but they would even have to move it out of the way for their tractors to come through unless they want flat tires and all that stuff. So like, what do you expect them to do? Yeah, exactly. Like you, you pick, it's just silly. The private land one is, is bonkers. I get like, I'm, I think I'm right on, I'm right with you step for step on this whole thing. Um, obviously we got to save the animals. It's been a hard winter. Everyone gets that. There would be people that would probably push it a little too far. Um, if, uh, if there was no action taken. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that whole private land one, that's, that's wild. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah. I would just uh, even, I was just gonna say, even just kind of picking on shed hunters, obviously there are a couple bad eggs that do some dumb shit, but that's just people in general. Yeah. And I, I feel like go catch the people that are actually harassing the wildlife and, you know, being a nuisance, like let us just do our own thing. If we're being respectful and just staying back and not pushing animals and doing all that stuff, like let us just do our thing. But I feel like shed hunters kind of just got attacked there for the first little bit of like February and March. It was kind of interesting. Everything that was being said and going around. Yeah, it is interesting. And it's usually attacked from people it's like criticism, right? You're never criticized by someone farther down your own path, right? It's always from people in your rearview mirror, or it's always from people mm-hmm. that just don't do it. They don't get it. They live in New York and they're like, "Oh, you're killing the elk." It's like, no, we're not. We're really not, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I I'm sure there's people. On TikTok. Go ahead. Who? Go ahead. I was gonna say I can't even post on TikTok about sheds without people like that. Like, uh, prom- I mean calling in my posts and just saying that it's violent and stuff it's like none of these animals were hurt like i didn't even actually see a couple of animals on some of these days when i picked up certain sheds and yeah i don't know i feel feel some things have gotten a little soft for my taste <laughs> catch my drift yeah yeah i get you man i got in a fight with a vegan long ago on tiktok and i actually like <laughs> turned their username into a discount code on my website for beard oil. And I sold like 90 orders in four days. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was, I thought one person might use it because it was funny and it it just went viral. And I was like, bing, bing, bing on my Shopify account. And it was great. But yeah, I would want, I would, I, I think I'd be for it, but I would want the legislation to be written very similar to like our duck stamp. So like a federal duck stamp by law, 98% has to go into like, Habitat access, habitat improvement, or habitat protection. Um, so, like, 98%. So, that's, like, you have a 2% gap for overhead to manage this, but the rest has to go. And I'd, I'd want something like that, and I'd want it to, like, specifically be for, like, winter range or winter herd health. That mm-hmm. would be, like, if I could pick and choose, that's how I would. Like, my $30 is going to go directly towards winter range improvement or winter range protection, you know, migration corridor protection. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I'd pay 30 bucks for sure. Absolutely. So, awesome. Awesome. So, it's getting close here to close coming up on an hour here. Um, you know, my last I just want to say uh, my I just had one last question. Um, what's the craziest, what's your favorite your or your craziest antler that you've ever come across as as a a western shed hunter? 
I have a couple crazy ones, to be honest with you. Well, like, we got I've, time. We I've do have pretty, time. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've been pretty lucky to find some crazy stuff. Um, actually, I was wondering if it was still in here because I've been moving stuff from my uh, my shed pile out to my storage unit, and I don't think it's here still. Shoot. Well, I was going to show you a crazy one, but I don't think it's here anymore. I think I moved it out. Oh, that's okay. But. Anyway, but uh, I do like unique stuff, bro. Like I have this one deer shed that literally is like a, a stag buck, but then it has a huge base. It's like a seven, eight inch base and you have a hole through it and then it stands like 16 inches tall. Like it, it's stupid. It's the weirdest thing. And I, I'm a big fan of elk sheds. Like more than anything, if I find a shed, I want it to be an elk shed. And so... And I'm actually excited for you because you were saying that the two rag elk sheds are, you know, like your only elk finds. Dude, if you find a mature elk shed, it just changes everything. Oh, dude. Like you're you get telling into me. that, you get into like that 350, 360 class and dude, like it just changes you. And I've even had friends that were more fans of deer sheds and stuff like that. And then they actually found a large elk shed. Switch. Oh, dude, you don't, you are preaching to the choir. So this bull behind me, that one went 354. He only has a 34 inch inside. So oh, really? he's literally got 160 inch sheds on both sides on average, right? Mm-hmm. I think one's like 165 and the other one's like 155 or something. But the mass that that bull has, his last mass measurement was like nine inches, what? Yeah, he carries that mass up. Or sorry, not like not the measurement, but if you went right below his fourth, it's like nine and a half inches. Like that's not where you would really? take the official measurement, but that's the mass, like way up there. He's palmated. Yeah, he's got, and his bases were both like I think his base one base was almost ten, and the and you know so then I don't you don't get it between the fronts right? It's base two to three, three to four, and then four to five. Is that how it works? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And, well, the taxidermist said, hey, I'm not going to be able to get this out of my basement once I mount it. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, well, what happens then? Like, are you just shitting with me? Like, you want to keep this thing? Like, he's a great friend, right? So I'm like, what are you telling me? And he's like, I don't want to, like, scare you, but I think I'm going to have to cut the antlers off. And at this point, I'm still like, dude, what are you, like, are you still just trying to mess with me? Like, what are you talking about? He's like, like, no, seriously, I'm going to have to p- put a peg in them and then cut them. So they're like, it'll be like a shed antler that I put on a peg. And I'm like, oh, I love that idea. Like, let's do it for sure. So now I can pop both of those off and hold them like they're sheds. And dude, oh, I've been doing yeah. it like every day. I work from home. So I like take my lunch break. I walk over there and just pick one up and be like, this is what it's going to be like in Arizona. <laughs> Hell Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, no, I, but I do know what you're saying. Like that, just the size and the length and he's got like his whale tails curl up and he, he literally just looks like a wave on the ground. Um, and you had to walk up on one of those things in the, in the wild. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be addicted. Absolutely. Yeah. See, and I even have a buddy, like he's one of my better friends that I go out with all the time and he's just a deer nut and, I tell him all the time, I was like, dude, I would rather pick up like even a 360 bull over a 200 inch set of uh, deer sheds. And oh. he thinks I'm nuts, but I'm being dead ass serious. I, if I have the choice of a 200 inch buck 
and a 360 single, I'm taking the 360 single all day, every single time. Yeah. So here's how I would do it. Here's how I'd play it. I'd do the, the 360 single. Then I'd be like, next, I'll take the 200-inch set. And then everyone <laughs> after that is like a 360 single again. Like, oh, just give me the one, and then I'm going back to elk. Not, I'd still just take all 360s. <laughs> I want one of my – I'm a big, I'm an engineer by day, so I love numbers. I score every – like, I could tell you the score of at least every top wire shed, all 10 of those, every buck in here. Like, I can tell you the numbers on everything. Really? And so I really want to shoot a 200-inch whitetail at some point in my life. I really would like to shoot a 400-inch elk, but I know that that's basically a money game, not really a, a luck or a skill game. It's a unicorn, yeah. Yeah, like, well, like I could buy a tag at the Utah, at the Western Hunt Expo and go hire Ryan Carter for five years in a row, and I'd probably eventually shoot a 400, but I don't have that kind of money. That is And they don't true. grow every <laughs> year. Like, I would have to go and go and go. So I'm like, okay, dial it yeah. back. I would love to find a 400-inch shed, right? Like a what would that be? Okay. 180, basically. No, well, yeah, yeah, 180. Yeah, 180. Inch. 180 mm-hmm. inch side could could go for depending on the width. A bull yep. from a 400, like just a, and I hope like heavy. Like I don't want to get too specific here. I'll take any 400 inch elk, but I think the heavy ones, like just heavy blocks of bone, would mm-hmm. be where I'd love it. And then I'd I'd love to find shoot a 200 inch mule deer or, or find a 200 inch shed from a mule deer. I'd I'd take the mule deer. I'm still I'm still interested in a man. Like I'm a flatlander. We don't have mule deer out here, so I'm still no, I get there's you. still like a little fantasy of like the West for me. I get you. See, and even then, like, were, was that during the rut your elk hunt? Yeah, September eighth in North Dakota. Any weapon, September eighth. Imagine hunting like, like the sage country. That's where the elk are during the rut, mm-hmm. and you get to use a rifle in New Mexico. That's what this hunt is. That's crazy. Once in a lifetime. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I was only asking that is uh, just because I was wondering if you'd ever heard a bugle and all that yet. Oh, do yeah. Archery elk on every year. I've, I've done oh. archery elk for the last seven years, so we've been calling them in with mild success on public land over the counter general tags. But I think gotcha. we're, I think we're, what's the, do you, I suppose, I don't, nobody really knows, but it's like what, 10% DIY elk success? So the Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Archery. Um, we're averaging, I think we're just shy of 20% in our group. Really? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's, the last couple of years we've added a couple more people and we really haven't shot any more elk per year, so it might be dipping a little bit lower than that. But I, I would say pretty confidently we're over 10% in our group. What state are you usually going to? We do. We bounce between Wyoming and Montana quite a bit. Those are our two favorite. Wyoming, our spot, we got a spot in Wyoming that's our favorite. We had the most success there. We called it, we bugled in like 32 bulls one week. Um, we got shots at two. Like That's just the black timber, right? You know, but we had bulls making noise within 60 yards 32 times. That's crazy. Yeah. What, that's a good hunt. Yeah, it was that's, beautiful. That's the hunt you dream about. That was beautiful. And just like the, that was when I, for that was the first time I really had one close enough and big enough to like vibrate your chest. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I watched my brother shoot one on that trip, which was really fun. Um, my brother has shot three or four with his bow. He's like, he's got all four of the rabbit's lucky feet in his pocket. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> but this year we're going to Southern Colorado because we, we were playing the point game and we just ran out of momentum, right? We can only bounce those two states back and forth so many times before you run out. And so, 
Um, we're doing Southern Colorado. I drew – go get this. So I don't know if you remember, but CPW switched their point system over a couple years ago, like three or four years ago. They, they like, updated their whole website experience. I don't okay. know if you remember that. Well, I bought a point the year before that, and then I went to apply for my point after that, and I log in, and I went from one to five. Oh, what? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I went from one point to five points because, and it was right when they switched their website over. So I think it's a fluke. I was gonna say, was it a glitch or how does that? Well, happen? I waited for like two months or what? No, it was. I like I was gonna buy it at the beginning of the point season, and and it was like I had an extra point that whole year. Oh no! And then in the next year, so I'm sitting on five points, right? And the next year, we had an issue. I had our group size was too big for Wyoming, and I was asked to be in a wedding for our archery season. And it's like, I'm not going to, like, it was one of my best buddy's weddings. Like, he's not a hunter. Like, I can't blame him. So, I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to the wedding. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I wouldn't do it. I'm like, don't be a jerk. Like, you can hunt yeah. the next week. And sh- sure enough. So, I, I said, you know what? I'll step out. We have too many people anyway. I'm going to apply for this unit in Colorado. Because at the time, five points really gets you, like, the most value for the time. Which, is for me, was zero because I got free points. And so, mm-hmm. I applied for the second rifle five-point unit and shot like a 280 inch bull. I did a solo Alpine rifle hunt, man. That was like, that was like a mind challenge being alone that long up in the Alpine. Um, and so I got to cash in my free four extra points and and I shot a nice 280 inch bull. He's technically a six by seven, but he's a little busted up. And so can't complain with that, bro, dude, it was such a cool experience. And I had like literally safety off on a raghorn expecting to tag out like crosshairs on a raghorn and out of the corner of my scope, I see this third that's just like, and I'm like, Oh my God, that's a big bull. And so I move up. I'm like, Oh, that's a nice bull. I'm going to shoot that bull instead and shot him. And turns out he had, like, 18-inch thirds for, I mean, the rest of them is kind of, like, weak. But he had, like, these thirds that were just massive. Gotcha. So, so yeah, yeah, that's my. And I'm actually supposed to. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I'm supposed to draw out my limited entry tag this year for Utah. So, I'm putting in archery, so hopefully that goes down and we're actually putting in for well we put in for colorado as well for deer third season what so when you say you're limited entry you're talking elk yep and how many what unit uh central mountains okay i only know one so i don't know why i ask i always talk about the boulder (laughs) i only know that the units that ryan carter hunts in and i it's Mm -hmm. i really do sound like a like i'm like obsessed with ryan carter we had him on the podcast a couple weeks ago and when I had this once in a lifetime North Dakota tag, I really like soaked up everything he ever put out because he's known for big bulls mm-hmm. and this unit in North Dakota's got monsters. There's literally 400 inches walking in it every year. Um, somebody shot a 437 oh, yeah. one year. Uh, I was on a bull that was a seven by eight. That was I had I asked Ryan to score because I'm like I think this bull's 400, but what do I know? And Ryan said in a like a voice message. Dude, I think that bull's like high 380s to high 390s. He could be there. Like, I don't know. Stay on him. Like, dude, that's a monster bull for sure. And so I was kind of like validated. Like, yes, this is almost a 400-inch bull. And I had spent nine days trying to find him again. Couldn't do it. So I went to a different spot and saw that one. And I was like, that is coming home with me. Yeah. So, yeah, dude. Ryan's a good dude, too. 
dude, these limited entry elk tags, dude, they like they get you so excited for so long. Like I hope you draw because that's gonna be like six months of you like not being able to sleep at night, just like thinking about it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, absolutely. So cool. Well, if you draw your limited entry Utah, you go on your hunt, you're gonna have to come back and tell the story. It's it's just gotta happen. Hell yeah. It's just I'm gotta happen. That. So Cool. Well, it's been a little over an hour, and I want to respect your time out there, and I really appreciate you coming on here, Weston. Hopefully you guys have a great shed season. I'll be following along, living vicariously through you after my own trip ends, and hopefully you and uh, Tyler and Jenny really put them down. Well, I appreciate it. No, and I wish you guys luck out there, and I want to see uh, some of those big elk sheds that you bring back home. Dude, I hope so. I really do. It's going to be a great trip no matter what. I know that, but if we can find a couple browns, that's just going to be icing on the cake. Absolutely. So thanks for being here, Wes, and thanks for listening, folks. Yeah.